Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, I got to thinking, Victor Wembanyama kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning. Good passer, not real quick. Good passer, not great first step explosion. And on that note, that's right, you heard the man. It's that time of week. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Tyrac.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. The way tire buying should be. Should be. You know, maybe, just maybe, Britney Spears had a point. A point I've been making the last 12 years. The great thing about the NBA Summer League, simple. It's Madame Tussauds for the NBA. Go to a game. Hang around. You will see NBA luminaries. Past, you saw Jabbar tonight. You'll see Jerry West. You'll, Steve Kerr. Past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. No event quite like it. Um, and I mean that. And so we know that the talk of the world tonight is Victor Wembenyama. And uh, let, me, let me just tell you what I think right out of the gate, okay? Um, terrific handles. We already knew that. Unreal wingspan. Probably 30, 40 feet. Great vision. Good passer. Good instincts. I think for a 19-year-old, showed a lot of maturity. But here comes a big butt, Pee Wee easily knocked off balance in traffic the dude's got to get a lot stronger make no mistake i've covered 10 of the last 12 nba summer leagues and the summer league is 20 percent of an nba game 20 percent at best now i've been there for a lot of great debuts zion four years ago had a monster debut men against boys devin booker men against boys Damian Lillard. Oh, not him again. Yeah, Damian Lillard. Men against boys back in 2013. Anthony Bennett. Not so much. But I could have told you that. I covered him in UNLV. Andrew Wiggins. Men against boys. 
got right on the floor. It's like, okay, you got to get a higher lead for these guys. I didn't see that women Yama, but look, let the dude live his life. Let's see where it goes from here. Because, look, the, the NBA Summer League is like a fickle beast. You know, you drafted less than a month later. You, they shuffle you off to Las Vegas. You join a patchwork team, and you're expected to dominate. And you've only got seven games tops to do so. Now, my moles are telling me that Victor Wimbenyama will play Sunday, but that'll be it. He'll play two games. And that's typical. Uh, so he's going to have a second chance to make another first impression. And this is what people do. They lie in wait. This is what we do in this country. We elevate people to their highest plateau only to tear them down. We do it with athletes, entertainers, luminaries, presidents, everybody. I, I didn't ask to have Victor Wimbenyama shoved down my throat every two seconds. But I kind of like the guy. But we'll see. Look, I was there. got my picture on Twitter somewhere. The night Lonzo Ball made his debut. He was 2 of 15 in his summer league debut. By the way, Wimbenyama, 2 for 13, 1 from 6 behind the arc. He got crushed. Lonzo Ball got crushed. Now, he had LeVar Ball doing the work of the worldwide media. But look, Lonzo Ball, if he could stay away from injuries, he righted himself. He's a legitimate NBA player, but he's just hurt all the time. But if you scroll through critical tweets of players that people judge too early, it starts to become a little comical, and it's dangerous to make a sweeping generalization based on one game or a very small sample size for any kind of performance, both good and bad. Because there have been a lot of players that have come out of the gate, you know, hell on wheels. And then they got to the NBA, and this is a man's league. It is a man's league. There's never been more worldwide talent, 12 men on each roster, basically, and you get you, you know you get the uh, you get the uh, the drift. So back to the summer league. Uh, we may not have an official NBA team in Nevada yet, but just watch. Bet you we're going to have it within five years. Know know some things, but this is a summertime spectacle that is so Vegas. It's just tremendous. The summer league. This is what I believe is a, a good ten day convention for the NBA. Follows a draft right in the middle of the summer. You get the brightest young stars. And you combine that on you know rosters of that are comprised of newly drafted rookie players, maybe some second year guys, fresh faces. They're looking to make their mark. Now it's essentially a developmental tournament to give younger players some off season competition, but it's also an opportunity to showcase skills. I remember, uh, you know, there have been plenty of UNLV players not drafted. Chris Wood comes to mind, but he got to the summer league and showed that he had NBA skills and he got signed by Philadelphia and ended up one of their camps. So again, again, all 30 NBA teams, uh, including the Lakers, including the Warriors, they all participate in the late, you know, the, the Las Vegas summer, summer league. There, there'll be a total of 75 games played over the next 11 days. All right. And, Part of the games are here, you know, they're at the Thomas and Mac, which is a beautiful arena. It's it's aging very, very nicely. It holds almost 18,000 people. It's right off the Strip, right near the Virgin Hotel. You can see the Strip near the MGM Grand, just adjacent to the Strip in Las Vegas. Now, some games also take place at the Cox Pavilion. That's a kind of a secondary venue that's attached to the Thomas and Mac Center. You can walk straight through all the snack bars and corridors, and they connect to each other. 
and they're very functional venues. And there's good food here, and there's beverage options, and it's Madame Tussauds. Just look around. It's amazing the number of people you will see, uh, NBA past, present, and future. And it's a, it's a great way to kind of kick off the summer. Tickets, they, they, they've been up you know, on sale for quite a while. You can get general admission tickets, all that stuff. Uh, and, and by the way, there's amenities, uh, you know, there, there's encore shoot around sometimes with NBA legends. You get if you if you purchase a certain tickets, you can get entry to the NBA experience pool. There's a party. There's a tip off party. There are meet and greets. But you get to watch some nice, fun, high octane, fairly high octane basketball. All right. Uh, and there have been a multitude over the years of NBA stars that kickstarted their careers with the summer league. They got great exposure and team executives looked at them and said, you know, wow, Damian Lillard and Blake Griffin and John Wall, they, they were all MVPs of the summer league. Uh, recently, Sacramento Kings, uh, Keegan Murray, Davian Mitchell, they both won MVPs in the past couple of years. And it also gives fans a chance to watch international prospects, typically for the first time. Luka Doncic was here a few years ago walking around. They, Dallas wouldn't let him play. Giannis played. Nikola Jokic played. Yes, they all played in the NBA Summer League. And Giannis was not nearly as skilled, believe it or not, as Victor when he came into the league. Incredibly athletic. I'm not so sure how athletic yet I see in Victor Wembanyama. Skilled, yes. Not so sure how athletic. By the way, for the first time also, NBA hosting NBA Con at Mandalay Bay. I was over there yesterday. Incredible setup. We'll We'll be talking about that later. It's NBA Con is describing itself as, quote, the most culturally relevant basketball experience on the planet. And there's something for fans, all NBA teams. Uh, you're going to see, again, all sorts of luminaries around there. Trey Young, Tyrese Halliburton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson. They'll all be there, right? They're gonna, it, it, that, that is an event that's showing off, A, the latest trends in NBA fashion, sneakers, uh, apparel, accessories, live musical performances, live podcasts, uh, discussing all kinds of topics. There's a thing called The Park, which is an exhibition. There are there are there's a full court NBA court. People can shoot, play a pickup game, watch open practices. If you are a diehard basketball fan, there's nothing like NBA Summer League and NBA Con, and it's right here in Las Vegas. One final thought: Wembenyama, uh, and, and remember the kid's 19. The kid is 19. Okay, a lot of pressure, and I thought he handled himself well. I, I mentioned that it's a maturity, a lot of maturity. Good instincts. Knocked off balance. Yeah, he was. But it's one game. Wembenyama, though, is is going to be bank. He's going to be a box office. There was so much frenzy over the ticket prices here in Las Vegas. There was nothing like it ever. All 17,500 seats at UNOV's Thomas & Mack was sold out four days ago. Now, that happened for... Zion in 2019, but it didn't happen that quickly. But here's this will kill you. We're talking NBA Summer League here. 80% of these guys won't be in the NBA next year. Vivid Seats, which is a reseller, announced that prices for Friday's game, just general admission, were $106 a piece. That's 25% higher than 
what they paid to get in the door to see Zion back in 2019 when he made his debut for New Orleans. And that was, I think, right when we had that earthquake here. Zion looked unreal, physical, crazy, stupid. You know, forget it. Now, if the poor guy could stay healthy, but there was no issues about his physicality, none. He was a runaway Coke machine. Here's the other thing that will, that will slay you. If you wanted to sit courtside tonight for Weminyama's debut, $1,200 a ticket. And that, I don't know that it topped out there. It might have even gone higher than that. $1,200 a ticket for an NBA Summer League game. So, you know, put your seatbelts on, you know, your, your, your tray tables forward, your seats upright, you get the picture. It's time to take off. Uh, the NBA Summer League is here, and you may not, you know, Wembenyama may not have set any records tonight on the floor, but his presence was felt. And we'll be talking a lot more NBA tonight. Later on in the show, we're going to get... The NBA will have a major announcement tomorrow here at NBA Con at 4.30. We're going to tell you all about that. I think it's controversial, but I also think it's going to draw attention. There's a rule change coming in the NBA. We've got NFL stuff. Uh, we've got the full gamut tonight. And Ethan will have an announcement at midnight as well. So, again, once again, a jam-packed three hours tonight on the Bernie Fratto show coming up in about five minutes Jason Hershorn our NFL insider will discuss some of the latest as we're literally days away from camps and uh, teams arriving and there are plenty of NFL storylines that it's time to start to take a dive into tonight's show brought to you by Progressive Insurance Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle RV ATV boat and more all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio. TireRack.com studios. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. At this time, let's welcome in a gentleman. He's been with NFL.com, Sports Illustrated, SB Nation, co-founder of The Leap. He was on my show multiple times in the last couple of years because it's that time. He is an NFL insider. Say hello to Jason Hershorn. Good evening, Jason. How are you? Doing well, Bernie. It's been too long. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you on uh, this season. Uh, good stuff. Uh, and I want to start in Buffalo. It's been quiet lately, but my moles tell me that the Stefan Diggs situation is seri- more serious. And I uh, could you confirm that he was asked to leave practice one day and then asked to leave camp and then they didn't even have practice the final day? And could you take us behind the curtain a little bit and tell us what's going on there between him and Josh Allen? To a certain degree, this situation is extremely complicated because depending on whom you talk to, you're going to hear a slightly different version of events. What is, it comes down to as best as I can tell is that there is some kind of maybe long-term disconnect is the best way to put it between Diggs and the franchise. I don't think it's limited to just one particular teammate of his. And I don't think this ultimately affects them in a material way come the regular season in 2023. I do think it's something that is worth remembering come next offseason because at that time, a lot of things could be changing for the Bills. Gabe Davis, one of the other receivers, he's going to hit free agency. Devon Diggs, if he's not happy, could agitate for some kind of movement. And at that point, you're talking about reworking the real mainstays of that receiving core. So, again, this year, I don't think, at least based on what's already happened, that's going to be a lot of movement. But we may see a much bigger makeover next offseason there. Interesting. Now, I know, if I'm not mistaken, Diggs kind of worked his way out of Minnesota as well, too. He can get a little disgruntled. Is that fair or is that not fair? I mean, this is a matter of the record at this point, that Stephon Diggs, after getting his extension in Minnesota, did not feel, let's just say, thrilled with the way that the offense was run. Remember, this was in the era of Mike Zimmer. It was a very run-focused offense. You know, he goes to Buffalo. It's obviously a very different operation there. They've been extremely focused on the pass. And, you know, for a while, that was a big difference for him, right? Like, he was one of the most efficient wide receivers in the NFL, even during his time with Minnesota. There just wasn't as many opportunities for him there. Buffalo has been a different story. But as we see that Buffalo offensive and it has to do based on what's happened in the playoffs for them the past few seasons. You know, that is another source of contention, at least potentially for Diggs. You know, they're trying to not just move the ball around more, necessarily be as pass-focused as they've been in the past. And those things have a material impact on Stephon Diggs and what he expects. Fair enough. All right, I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins uh, and and, – Who's the other receiver I'm thinking of that's looking for a home? Anyway, the bottom line is, doesn't seem to be a real robust market for DeAndre Hopkins, although is it true uh, New England tendered an offer? Uh, what's, what's his situation, DeAndre Hopkins? So this would be true for the vast majority of players in DeAndre Hopkins' position. Had Hopkins been released, let's just say in March, 
there would have been a lot of suitors for his services. Remember, that's at a time where the free agent dollars haven't really been spent yet. It's before the draft. Now, look at what actually happened. I mean, it was after the first few waves of free agency. It was after the draft. A lot of teams were already committed, not just in terms of their planning, but in terms of their actual financial resources toward other players. And it's just not as much flexibility available for a player like DeAndre Hopkins, who is still viewed in most places as being a very good receiver. But a very good receiver has a lot more appeal in March and April when you have the money to bring them in versus now when you just don't have that kind of flexibility. You have to move more things around and bring in a player that's going to command or at least wants the kind of money that DeAndre Hopkins does. So from Hopkins' perspective, yeah, he has options. It's not like there aren't multiple teams that are serious about eventually bringing him in if he's willing to join them. But the money isn't going to be there for him until next offseason. So it becomes more of a question of where can he go, not just necessarily compete, but position himself contractually best for the 2024 offseason when he doesn't have to wait until almost June for his release. It's going to be just a very different outlook there. But that's the situation is for all these other players. It's not just DeAndre Hopkins. Some of the things he's playing out with Dalvin Cook. I think you just nailed it. Hopkins may have overpriced his value, at least currently, and Dalvin Cook was exactly the guy I was thinking about. Again, doesn't seem to be a robust demand for his services. Do you expect him to be in camp when camp starts with the new team, or will there be perhaps an injury first, which will create the need, and then he'll fill a hole? Yeah, with Cook, it's just different because running back is just a very different animal altogether. It wouldn't be surprising if he's with the team at the start of camp, but I don't really think it's going to be an injury that leads to Dalvin. At least it does not have to be that way. You know, running back is a position where the league probably rightfully views it as pretty fungible. Even though Dalvin Cook has been extremely productive over the course of his career, there maybe not is a lot on a down-to-down basis in the league's eye collectively that separates him from a lot of the other other guys that were either in the draft or still available. It's just the, the nature of the beast. So Dalvin Cook, in his own way, is kind of sort of facing the similar situation as uh, Hopkins in terms of what is the best option for me in terms of positioning myself a year from now? Because it's not impossible to have a Cook to sign a multi-year deal, but that's probably not going to be the best long-term outlook for him financially. Whereas if he lands in the right spot, maybe that is Miami with that, you know, Kyle Shanahan-derived scheme that's run by Mike McDaniel there, where he can put together a good season, go into free agency next year at the start, as opposed to so far into it, and then maybe command a little more attention. But right now, again, the resources are just not there for these big-name free agents, especially when you're facing all the other issues that someone like the, uh, Dalvin Cook faces as a running back. Talking with Jason Hershorn, founder of The Leap, uh, our NFL insider. Now, I want to stay in the running back mode. A couple of, couple of fairly big names have until July 17th, so we're talking, what, nine, ten days away, to land new contracts unless they be franchised. Let's start with Saquon Barkley. You saw Daniel Jones get paid. What do you expect the Giants to do with Barkley? Are they going to franchise him or will they, you know, find a happy medium? Yeah, I, I just don't see it being the case that the Giants have to do a long-term deal. Like, as we just said, the, the running back position 
most NFL evaluators is viewed as fungible. And even if Saquon Barkley has, you know, top-tier ceiling among running backs, this is not viewed as being the kind of thing that leads to winning as much as it does at other positions. And you look at who's running that organization right now. You know, the Giants have a head coach and a general manager that came from the Buffalo Bills, a team that, while well, didn't totally ignore the running back position in terms of investment, like they spent several you know, high to medium picks there, they didn't really throw a lot of huge resources in terms of just money and contract in that position. So, yeah, Saquon Barkley can be a very big part of that offense. He probably will be again this season. But I don't think that's something where they say we need to get Saquon Barkley on a long-term deal because he's the fulcrum of this offense because that's just not the case for most running backs. Like, there's a few guys for which that's not true. And Barkley, whether it's because of injuries, whether it's because of, you know, stretches of less effective play, he just hasn't been that kind of player. And for those reasons, I think we're looking at more of a year-to-year situation with him, whether it's with the Giants or long-term somewhere else. The other name that I put in the same category as Barkley in terms of the situation they're in is Josh Jacobs here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. What do you expect the Raiders to do with Jacobs? Yeah, the Raiders, if they thought that Josh Jacobs was capable of putting together the kind of season he did in 2022, they wouldn't have, you know, remember, they played five preseason games or four preseason games, an extra right. one last yeah. year. Yes. Jacobs was in that first game. That is not something you do with a veteran, a former first-round pick, if you think that guy's going to be a big part of your offense. Now, Jacobs had a phenomenal year, certainly blew away their expectations, but I don't know that that totally changes the way they view both him and that position. If you know, he's willing to go year to year, I think they're probably pretty comfortable with that, given that there just are going to be every year plenty of other viable options if they decide to pivot. And Jacobs, to this point, has only really put up one year of this caliber. Even his rookie year, which was the second-best season altogether, was nowhere close to what he did in 2022. So I think they still view this as a situation where if he's willing to take a multi-year deal at their price, probably willing to do it. I doubt, based on what we've seen, that Josh Jacobs wants to do that. So that one looks like it's going to be another year-to-year situation until something changes at one end or the other. So I can't guarantee you there will not be a long-term deal, but that's not the way it's looking right now. Jason, uh, great stuff. When some of these uh, personnel issues are finalized and we get into late August, teams are in camp as we near September 7th, Chiefs, Lions. Let's get you back on again. Okay, buddy? Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much, Jason. Really good stuff. That is Jason Hershorn. Been with NFL.com, Sports Illustrated, multiple modalities, and the founder of The Leap. Coming up, if you trade this player, you are first in line for frontal lobotomy. I don't care what the group think Echo Chamber says. I don't care what fellow colleagues say. You do not trade this guy. I will explain coming up. But first, let's go back to our guy. We'll never trade him either. It's Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, Bernie, late baseball action from Friday night. You had the Mets scoring four runs in the top of the 10th. They beat the Padres 7-5 to for their sixth consecutive win. Dodgers hit four home runs, including two for Mookie Betts, and an 11-4 to victory over the Angels. Zach Gallon struck out five and in seven innings of work for Arizona. They beat the Pirates 7-3. to Giants have lost five of their last six after a 5-2 to Rockies win in San Francisco. It was the Mariners 10 
and the Astros won. The Brewers are a game behind the Reds in the NL Central after picking up a 7-3 victory over Cincinnati. Cubs shut out the Yankees 3-0. You had wins for Baltimore, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. At the NBA Summer League, Spurs forward Victor Wimbanyama scored 9 points on just 2 of 13 shooting in a victory over Charlotte. Rookie Brandon Miller for the Hornets scored 15 points and grabbed 11 boards, or I should say had six assists. Elsewhere, Scoot Henderson scored 15 points for Portland. Amen Thompson scored 16 points with four blocked shots for Houston. It turned out to be a 100-99 Rockets victory. All right, back to Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks a lot there, buddy. Um, I want to remind folks, tonight's show brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. You know, one of the biggest elephants in the room when it comes to the angels, the California Anaheim Angels of the Western Hemisphere Universe in their 2023 season is that for too long now, people have speculated that Shohei Otani might be wearing a different uniform as as soon as August or September. That's a real fear among some people. Uh, and some of the narrative to me is stupid. He's getting a little older. He's yet to sniff the playoffs. No, you do not trade a player of Otani's ilk, of Otani's importance, of Otani's you know, character, talent, ability, you do not do that. Why? Number one, an owner is obligated to put the best, uh, the most competitive, the most entertaining team on the field. Put butts in seats. How do you do that without Shohei Otani? And by the way, in this man's Major League Baseball, in this man's MLB playoff format, if you're merely 500 on Labor Day, you're very much in the hunt. You don't think the Angels can at least be around 500 on Labor Day? Let's keep in mind, Shohei Otani is only 29 years old. He's entering his prime. He's got many serviceable years left, and the Angels got him on a bargain. You don't let a Babe Ruthian legend get away for any price. The man does two jobs, and he's an historical talent. So even if for whatever reason the Angels fall short this year, you continue to build around him. And let's not forget... This is show business. People forget that not only does Shohei Otani put on a show nightly, including the fact Otani has a legitimate chance to pass Marin, uh, Maris and uh, Aaron Judge this season by hitting 63 home runs. You want him to do that in another uniform? And remember, winning is the best entertainment. Otani gives the Angels the best chance to win. You're going to try to get a haul like the like Washington got last year for their star who's in toiling in San Diego now? How's that working out for San Diego? The future is now. The future is now. Trout will be back. He'll be back in six, eight weeks. Rendon, Anthony Rendon, paging Anthony Rendon. Hey, feel free to step up this season. The season is not lost. Moving Shohei Otani would be an all-time mistake. Now, I get it. It seems a little weird to think Otani's actually won a world championship in one tournament with Japan, the World Baseball Classic, even struck out Mike Chate in the game. 
before even landing one playoff berth with the Angels alongside the other superstar, Mike Trout. And when you consider that teams like the Dodgers and the Mets and other big franchises, well, they all have assets to hand out. Yes, you would be tempted. Shohei Otani will have a lot of bidders. However, if you believe Ari Moreno, even though he has been somewhat unreliable in the past, Moreno has been firm on the fact that he's not going to take any phone calls on Otani if the postseason is still within reach once the deadline comes up. So now Otani's got a blister. He can't pitch for 10 days. He can hit in a home run tonight, Friday night. He can still play, just can't pitch for 10 days. And then Mike Trout gets hurt, and he had successful surgery. That's They always say it's successful, but I would suspicion you'll see Trout back by September 1 for the stretch one run, maybe even a little sooner, but I would say by September 1. In the meantime, you build. You continue to fortify if you can. Look into your farm system. Maybe it's at the trade line instead of being sellers, you're buyers, and you do what you can do to pick up somebody to help this Angel team just get to 500. But if the Angels, if, if they give it everything they got, and they make the postseason, and they, this is something they haven't done since 2014, then that kind of answers the question. Then it becomes a no-brainer. You're not going to trade Otani. The biggest knock on L.A. during the Otani era, frankly, has been the folks have been critical that the Angels really haven't surrounded him with good talent so they could extend their season. Well, this past season, they did that. They brought in Hunter Renfro, Gio Urshela, and Anthony Rendon was healthy until the other day. But those guys have to do their job as well. You can't put it all on Otani. You cannot trade Otani. I don't understand how the Angels are better. The future is now. Are you really going to move Otani and get this incredible haul and then send a message to your fan base? Well, we're going to be here a while. You know, not going to win it this year, not going to win it next year. Maybe, you know, maybe mark your calendars for 2028 when the A's move to Vegas or something. I don't think people want to hear that in Anaheim anymore. The future's now. The owner is obligated to put the best, most competitive, most entertaining team on the field. Put butts in seats. You do that way better with Shohei Itani. The Angels are not on the playoffs by any stretch. Just be 500 on Labor Day. The man's 29 years old. He's entering his prime. He's got at least five to seven years minimum left in front of him. More probably, 10. And you're, you want to be that guy to let Otani do, go prematurely again. Finally, this is show business, man. You can't forget the fact that it's show business. Otani puts on a show every night, and, you know, he's got, what, 34 home runs now, whatever the case may be. Let's not split hairs. It's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable that he makes a real run at Aaron Judge's record this year. And you don't think that's good for the Angels franchise? This is a long-suffering franchise. Finally got to the playoffs in 79. The Yes We Can team lost to Baltimore. Got in 82, blew it against the Milwaukee Brewers. You saw what happened in 86 with the Dave Henderson home run. Finally in 2002, they got over the hump. 
Unreal. Great story. The Rally Monkey team. Been 21 years since then. That team started slow. Do not trade Shohei Otani. By the way, you play a certain position, maybe that's your life's lament. We'll share a quick reality picking up on what Jason Hershorn said coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're back on the Bernie Fratto Show. Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Coming up top of the hour, Ethan will have an announcement. And we're going to get into a couple of developments in the NBA this week. Now that the CBA has been ratified, there are two interesting announcements. One having to do with the rule change. Another one having to do with, well, you'll hear about it. They're taking a page out of international soccer. Not everybody's enthralled, but they'll watch it. Uh, just Just to put a capper on what we were talking about with Jason Hershon, we kind of glossed over it. Uh, if, if Josh Jacobs of the Raiders played any other position than the one he plays, he would have made a case this offseason to be maybe the highest-paid player in the NFL. He not only led the league in rushing yards in 2022, it really sort of was a rebound retort when the Raiders declined his $8 million option for this season back in May of 2022. And then he he played in the first he played in the Hall of Fame game, which was unheard of. But 
Jacobs is a running back, and his reward for the 2022 performance will most likely be a, a $10 million franchise tag for 2023. Same situation. Saquon Barkley, they're both front and center in what we call this NFL news cycle, and they're going to be for the next 10 days. July 17th is the deadline for franchise tag players, and that means they've got until July 17th to sign long-term deals with their teams, and if they don't by then, well, then after July 17th, neither Josh Jacobs nor Saquon Barkley or any other player who could is eligible to be franchised this year they can't discuss long-term extensions with their teams until after the 2023 season ends. Now, normally, teams' negotiations with franchise tag players, well, they kind of start to pick up again right before the deadline. And oh, do I think that should happen and could happen with Jacobs and Barkley? Yeah, I do. That doesn't – just because they restart talks doesn't guarantee they're going to reach a deal. And it's entirely possible – that both Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are going to have to decide whether they're willing to accept one-year tender or then here's where it gets sticky. You sit out training camp and then you have the Cuyones to sit out regular season games and protest. I think that'd be a mistake. Uh, channel your own inner Le'Veon Bell here. How'd that work out for him? Uh, by the way, Tony Pollard, a running back in, in Dallas, is also franchised, but unlike Jacobs and Bartley, he signed his franchise tender. He seems okay. He's going to play out the season at that number. He's coming off a season-ending injury last year. And you can't really say Pollard has the same track record as Jacobs and Bar- Barkley. And so I'm not lumping him in there, just sharing that Barkley and Jacobs are not the only ones. Now, by the way, this is an interesting wrinkle. Neither the Raiders nor the Giants can find Jacobs or Barkley if they miss camp, if they don't sign the franchise tenders. So if they don't get deals by July 17th, I don't expect to see them at the start of camp. I just don't. Sitting out the season is the one threat that gives you leverage, but uh, I don't know that it'll do them much good. They'll just be back in the same position they were a year from now. So what happens next? Well, might there be other teams interested? I don't know. It's a guess, and I'm not, you know, the world is a what I would consider to be a vexing enough place without trying to get into hypotheticals. This was not lost on me. I, I talked about Victor Wimbanyama uh, at the top of the show, uh, and and this is just crazy. What's trending on Twitter? Do you remember Sean Bradley, the seven foot five player out of BYU, number two player picked overall in nineteen ninety three? There are people on Twitter, thanks to one game, one game uh, in the summer league, being comparing him to. Sean Bradley, one guy says, people being awfully tough on Wemby after one summer league game and breaking out the Sean Bradley comparisons. If he doesn't play well again on Sunday, we're going to start hearing he's the next Chuck Nevitt. Google that one. Another tall, skinny guy who, of course, he played with the Pistons for years in the Lakers. Uh, another, another gentleman chimes in, I can't believe the Spurs passed up on the best player in the draft so they could draft the French Sean Bradley. And then there are memes here when Derek Fisher, who's about a foot shorter than Sean Bradley, dunked on Sean Bradley. And of course, remember Wembenyama got dunked on tonight, right? I'm hearing that Wembenyama is just a baguette. Sean Bradley, unfortunately. You notice the the 
the French comparisons and the French, you know. Is Sean Bradley trending because one of his hired goons roughed up Christina Aguilera? <laughs> oh, this is crazy. You wonder some of these people that start trending, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you, I, maybe they got into grandpa's cough syrup, okay? Um, so, again, let's just watch this. This is what fans do. Uh, you know, I, I would just say that when everybody overreacts. People overreact. But, again, my, my take is this. What I saw tonight was a kid with pretty good handles, very good handles, an unreal wingspan, um, great vision, very good passer, looked to pass a lot, you know, uh, and he's going to have to be a little more aggressive, I think. But give it, give him years to develop because it's going to take years. He showed good instincts. He showed maturity. The biggest issue, he's not strong at all. He got knocked off his balance. He got knocked off his, his uh, you know, pins multiple times while he was in traffic tonight. He's no Zion. Uh, he didn't have any kind of debut like Devin Booker did or Damian Lillard or Andrew Wiggins. Uh, but, you know, he's he's an attraction. I mean, interestingly enough, Britney Spears, a star for 20 years, wanted his autograph, wanted her picture taken with him. So there's a reason courtside seats were 1,200 tonight because we all want to see what's going to happen. All right? Um, but there has to be some objectivity. There are objective truths and personal feelings. Right now, a lot of personal feelings are coming out. I think you got to give him time. Coming up, Ethan makes an announcement, plus the NBA has got two announcements. I'm Bernie Frattle. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Frattle Show, Fox Sports Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man, the Bernie Frattle Show. Well, that keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Frattle. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Tyrock.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrock.com. The way tire buying should be. Well, the NBA has two announcements this week, one which will be finalized Saturday night here in Las Vegas, NBA.com. 4.30 Pacific Time, 7.30 Eastern. I'm going to get to both of those in a minute. But first, Ethan Miller has an important announcement. All right, Bernie. Um, it was great having the first ever Bernie Backyard Bunkin' Bets. And we do have a winner. It was announced on Twitter on Tuesday, but we know everybody doesn't have Twitter. So our winner was uh, Poppy from San Diego. Poppy from San Diego. So Poppy... Ended up getting 1,400 points. Um, a little round of applause for yeah, Poppy yeah. somewhere. Yeah. What do we got, Mark? We got it. <laughs> Mark, so, Mark will pull some up. Yeah, here. Mark's got it. So, yeah, Poppy won, and um, he finished with 1,400 points. And behind him was uh, Dave from Phoenix with 1,300 points. And then Brandon from Hawaii uh, had a great comeback. He started off pretty slow, and he ended up with 1,100 points. So, uh, the charger and the speaker and the headphones are on its way to Poppy, and we thank everybody for playing, and very exciting news. There you go, Poppy. That's for you, Poppy. Shout out to Mark for that one. All right, so... By the way, before you get to our announcement for next Friday, Ethan, it should be noted, you did a great job, every stat you can imagine uh, on the updates, take note. Poppy called in nine of the 12 weeks. He was very persistent. His persistence paid off. 
And we take six calls every week. We open the phone lines at 11.45 p.m. Pacific, 2.45 a.m. Eastern. So anticipate that. Be ready to roll. Because clearly those extra calls, you know, you still got to get your trivia right and get your bets right. But if you have nine shots out of it instead of six, it only stands to reason, right? You're going to yes. have a better shot of winning. So go on, uh, Ethan. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Thanks for pointing that out. You definitely don't want to miss. Uh, if you can make it, definitely make it. You know, um, we had certain guys who called in the first seven weeks and, you know, were at the leaderboard. And then, you know, more guys called in and it ended up falling off. So, you know, you just got to stay consistent with it. If you're just trying to get in it one or two times, that's fine, too. We love, we love having everybody call in. So, um, yeah, we're going to end up doing this uh, for another 12 weeks starting next Friday. Uh, This will take us into the football season uh, towards the end of October, early November, I think we said. And, um, yeah, it'll be really exciting. We'll have uh, NFL games to pick from and on the betting-wise, and we'll have a lot more trivia, and you'll have opportunities to win more points. And it'll it'll be um, be a, a good experience, and we're excited to do it again. All right, good stuff, Ethan. So there you have it. Congratulations to Poppy. And next Friday, July 14th, uh, we will once again renew round two, 12 weeks, Bernie's trivia game, backyard bunkin' bets. All right, some more announcements here. So it looks like the NBA is heading to Las Vegas for what they are calling an in-season tournament. I know Adam Silver has wanted to do this for years. He likes that they do it in soccer. Uh, and you'll hear details on the inaugural tournament and how there's semifinals and finals. December 9th or December 7th and 9th, uh, you, you'll hear details Saturday night. They're going to unveil group drawings and the competitive structure and the locations uh, Saturday night on ESPN, 430 Pacific. Uh, it'll be done, I think, right here in, in Las Vegas live. Uh, and, and so what's happening is is the NBA, their new CBA, which went into effect July 1st, they laid out some, uh, several parameters for what they're calling an in-season tournament. And you're going to have a group stage that will divide uh, each conference. You'll have 15 teams into three groups of five. Each will play the other four once, and then the records from the prior season will determine group placement. And each will include a team that finished 1st, 3rd, 4th, 6th, 7th, 9th, 10th, 12th, and 13th and 15th. Then you have the six group winners and a wild card team from each conference. That'll be chosen from the best group play record without winning. They will advance to the eight-team single elimination knockout stage. And after the first knockout round, you get a final four. Those games are going to be played here in Las Vegas. Interestingly enough, they choose Thursday, December 7th, and that's an NFL night, and then Sunday, December 9th. But be that as it may, let's see how this plays out, right? The other 22 teams, they'll play two additional regular season games during the knockout stage. The four teams that lose in the first round of the knockout stage, they play one extra regular season game during the same period. Now, all stats will count toward the regular season except for the championship game of the in-season tournament. Why? Because that would technically be in the 83rd game. And by the way, both ESPN and TNT have stepped up. They're expected to broadcast this year's tournament, and uh, I think the media rights could draw more interest if, in fact, you know the tournament goes well and it's well-received. 
But I, I, you know, there's a curiosity factor to this, okay? And I, I think, again, you're going to get, by, by the way, this is something I, I left out, right? Players for the tournament champion will each receive $500,000. That's not something to sneeze at. So there'll be more details. Saturday, there's an event going here in Las Vegas at the Manly Bay called NBA.com, con, C-O-N. I, I did a little tweet. I got my credential. It's the first time a, an event in Vegas that is sort of a big promotion for the league, a basketball Comic-Con. If you've ever been to Comic-Con, this is NBA-Con, and it's just adjacent to the Summer League. And the tournament, which will be discussed at length at NBA-Con Saturday night, it's going to mimic kind of those of European soccer and basketball leagues. You pit the top teams against each other. You get a midseason prize. It's a foreign concept for us, believe me. But it'll prioritize end-of-season championships as the only prize that matter. I get it. But, hey, the the WNBA also holds what they call an in-season commissioner's cup competition. And, uh, you know, these are leagues evolved. We do look at, look at all the rule changes in baseball this year, right? So Adam Silver, he's long been a proponent of this idea. He thinks it adds intrigue. Certainly, let's not be mixed up. Follow the money. It adds revenue. Uh, sometimes the NBA season can get long and get monotonous. We're all tired of, you know, load management, as it were. But now Silver gets his wish. We know there's going to be skeptics. There were skeptics in the bubble. There were skeptics of, you know, the, the play-in game. But these are ideas now that are becoming normalized, right? And so... Silver has a chance to prove his skeptics wrong. And if this gains traction, it could change, perhaps, the American sports landscape. I'm not saying baseball is going to do anything like this, and I don't know how the NFL would. Uh, maybe the NHL, I don't know. But uh, it's it's happening, and it will, it will take place this year, and you'll see when the schedules come out. And again, we're going to talk about this in the Saturday Night Show because all the details, filling in the blanks, and the things we don't know are going to be revealed Saturday night. All right, the second announcement is that the NBA flopping rule, uh, there's not going to be an anti-flopping penalty, and it's currently being applied in summer league games. So if you hate flopping as much as the rest of us do, we've got some good news, and the NBA has some good news. During this year's summer league games, the NBA is going to incorporate an in-game flopping penalty because they want to limit these instances. Their embellishment, it's, it's stupid. They showed one of LeBron back in 2011. Terrible flop. And then he has the audacity to go on a con, you know press game post-conference and say, no, no team I've ever been on. We don't flop. No, you flop a lot. They didn't catch him all on video, but you flopped a lot. And it's unclear. Now, see, here's the thing. I don't want to get ahead of my skis here. It's unclear if the league's going to approve the rule change for this upcoming season. But the NBA's Board of Governors is going to vote later this month on adding this penalty during regular season games. So here's how the rule works. Here are the latest details. The NBA wants to eliminate flopping. And again, first of all, July 4th is when the NBA did announce that the flopping penalty would be in effect. It's it's kind of like a provisional uh, for all summer league games. But this is their explanation. One, if an official determines that a player has flopped, the opposing team will be awarded one free throw. Hmm. The player who has flopped will be assessed a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul. It will not count as a personal foul or lead to an ejection. 
an official does not have to stop live play in order to call a flopping violation. This one's interesting to me. So you may flop, play continues, next whistle, the official waits, then there's a neutral opportunity, he makes the call. Goes back and makes the call. Were there ever any, you know, NBA previous flopping rules? Well, actually, truth be told, this isn't the first time the NBA has attempted to target floppers. Back in 2012, the league introduced anti-flopping fines that penalized repeat offenders. Here's how they did then. Violation one, a warning. Violation two, a $5,000 fine. Third violation, $10,000. Fourth violation, a $15,000 fine. Fifth violation, a $30,000 fine. Six and above, for fine and a possible suspension. Now, at that time, officials, they were not able to make rulings or flopping during games. The league would determine whether a player had flopped because what they would do is do a video review. All right? Now, I realize this is somewhat subjective. We all know what a flop looks like most of the time. But every now and then a guy gets trucked, you know, the old, you know, charge versus versus block. But here's what's interesting. that The NBA has actually put in print and actually formulated and annotated their definition of flopping. Here's what it is. Quote, a flop, quote, is an attempt to either fool referees into calling undeserved fouls or fool fans into thinking the referees missed a foul call by exaggerating the effect of contact with an opposing player. Now, the main factor in determining whether a player committed a flop is whether his physical reaction to contact with another player is consistent with what it would have been you know, expected given the force, the direction, the nature of the contact, right? For example, a player will be considered to have committed a flop, quote, if he falls onto the floor following minimal contact or lunges in a direction different from the direction of the contact. That happens. And usually it sticks out like a sore thumb. So I'm curious to see how this hap- how this is facilitated during the summer league. And uh, the referees will have some practice and uh, observing it. And the players will get, have, you know, have an idea to observe it. And hopefully it improves the quality of the game because flopping is bad. It's, I've, we've had enough of it. Coming up, we're going to see what the crew thinks about the flop and the new regular or the new in-season tournament, where they're calling it a, uh, a you know a mid-season tournament, but it's really just an in-season tournament. The season starts like November first. Five weeks later, they're going to start this tournament, and uh, again, we'll get more details Saturday night. But it, it's something worth watching. It'll be a revenue generator for the NBA and an attention getter. The question is, will it work? I kind of got a funny feeling it might have a novelty effect. I really do. Like, kind of like the play-in tournament, some of the other things. Hey, look, go back a few decades, no one heard of the slam dunk event either. But these things happen. We evolve. Tonight's show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios, the TireRack.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. 
Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're back on the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming to you live from the Las Vegas Tyrac.com Fox Sports Radio Studios. Take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Couple of big announcements in the NBA. Uh, One's been leaked. Uh, You'll get more details Saturday night, 4.30 Pacific here at NBA Con. Let's start with that one. So the NBA is heading for an in-season tournament. The finals, December 7th and 9th here in Las Vegas. Kevin Figures, what do you think of this whole concept? Come at me again there, Bernie. I'm so sorry I was recording something. So the NBA is heading to Las Vegas for the finals of an NC uh, of an in-season tournament, and it's something out Adam Silver's been wanting to do for a while. Mm-hmm. Taking a page from European soccer, and now that the CBA is ratified, ready to go, what do you think of the concept of this in-season tournament that the NBA is going to put forth? 
Uh, I don't like it, and I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense uh, because I don't believe there's actually actually a tangible reward for a players. And I believe the pot is what a hundred grand or something like that. Maybe I think maybe even a million dollars. Well, it's if if you get to the championship game, the players all get five hundred grand. Okay, winner and loser team. But go ahead. Which is certainly not you know chump change, and especially for the rank and file in the NBA, for the great majority of these players, that's you know that's not much uh, for them. And from a fan standpoint, you know, there's not really a whole lot that they're getting out of this, to be honest with you. Are you going to hang a banner for mid-season tournament champions? I mean, if, unless there's some sort of incentive when it comes to draft compensation or being able to move up or down, whatever it might be, I just don't think that just making an arbitrary tournament in a, to have middle of the season really makes a whole lot of sense. And I, as a fan of the game and other people I've spoken to are also fans of the game, they just don't think that this is not going to incentivize them to want to watch uh, the NBA more because there's a tournament midseason that really doesn't have a tangible reward for the fans. And therein lies the ideology behind why are they doing this? Two things. It's, it is going to generate revenue for the league. They even got a TV deal for it. But right. the other thing too is is that the NBA until you get until the Super Bowl is over, the NBA season appears long. It feels long and mundane and this is supposed to break that up. I don't I don't know if that works or not um, in that in that fashion. Ethan, what are your thoughts on the NBA in season tournament? Uh, I personally don't like it. Uh, I think it's they're just trying to do too much the league. Um, I think they were just like, oh how can we um, you know make the fans happy and they thought this would be a good idea and um, I just don't think the fans are going to buy into it. I don't think they're going to get as many viewers as they think, especially because it's during the football season on a Thursday night, which is crazy. So I don't think this lasts for more than a year, but we'll see. It will be interesting. I think the telltale will be how many eyes, eyeballs do come, and we'll know whether or not the media rights and whether or not TNT or ESPN want to continue. All right, let's take a look at the second announcement. None of us like flopping. I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear what the NBA is doing in the summer league and what defines a flop and what the new penalties would be. Kevin, your thoughts on the new flop rule? If It's not passed yet, but if it is... I do like the concept of it. I do think it may be something that's difficult uh, in practice to get at least consistently. The majority of us feel like, you know, in real time, we know what a flop actually is and isn't. Then when you slow it down and go back to replay, it can be harder to determine. So I think maybe 60% of the time we can tell when someone is legitimately flopping, but there are your bang bang plays where a lot of times you just don't know. So uh, I, I do think in theory it is good, and I think that flopping is bad for the game. Uh, I just think it might be difficult to enforce on the night night out basis do you like the fact that it's okay so you observe a flop but play continues until the next whistle or until there's a neutral opportunity then the official can wait to make the call then and you'll either get a technical foul non-sportsmanlike or the other team can be awarded a free throw i kind of like that part of it because now your team is really penalized if you're pulling a flop you're trying to trick the ref or trick the fans yeah and i agree with that too you generally speaking you know if it's something that's going to that can stop the momentum of a game which a flop can do with an offensive foul that's something i generally wouldn't be a fan of but the fact that you can have a punitive measure like a technical free throw in possession of the ball or what have you, uh, I do that, that, think that's something that would disincentivize players from doing it. So, in a general sense, I don't like necessarily stopping the flow of the, uh, keeping the flow of the game going, especially if there's a you know a pretty egregious call that just may have been missed. But I do like the fact that they'll at least be able to go back and assess uh, the proper penalty and penalize the team for doing it. 
Right. So they're going to experiment in the summer league, and then the Board of Governors will vote on it prior to the season. Um, Ethan, your thought on the flop rule? Yeah, I think it's a, actually, to piggyback off Kev, I think it's a great, um, it's great for the league. Uh, it, it'll stop the momentum. I, I didn't like that um, fouls like this and flops stop the momentum, so I'm happy to see that they came out with an idea. Um, we'll see if it works. I think the fans will like it. I think it'll work for the league as well. So do both you, start with you, Kevin, do you think the, the Board of Governors will vote to pass, to pass the new flop rule? We got to vote on it. Yeah, uh, I think they will. I think there's been an upswing of, of people who have been really upset at the, the just how, how egregious it has turned into over the last, really the last 10 years or so, how bad players have gotten with it. So I do think it's something that the competition committee will end up passing. Ethan, do you think the Board of Governors will pass the flop rule? From what I'm researching, it seems like it's uh, going to be a definite uh, a definite yes from everybody because everybody's frustrated and sick and tired of uh, games being decided by flops. So I want to circle back to one thing and draw a quick parallel. I'll start with you, Kevin. So initially, I understand both of you guys, your knee-jerk reaction as to this in-season tournament. It's kind of a thumbs down. How did you initially react when you heard about the play-in tournament? What were your thoughts on that? I hated it. I thought uh, you were you were taking the NBA playoffs and potentially watering it down even more. And I thought that you were taking away from teams that earned the seven and eighth seed over an eighty-two game season and making them play it off. Uh, so my initial thought going into the off season, into the tournament was I was not a fan. So since they've implemented the play-in tournament and used it multiple years now, have you changed your mind? You're still in the original position. I've changed my mind because I do believe what they initially said. Uh, one of the goals. Was 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 to disincentivize tanking and I do believe that keeping a certain number of teams available or I should say in it you know available for a chance to get a playoff spot towards the end of the season helps disincentivize teams from benching their players and tanking down the stretch so after a couple of years seeing it implemented uh, I'm still not the biggest fan of you know teams being able to kind of sneak in on the bottom but at the very least it prevents teams from trading away players or benching right. players in the last 10-15 games of the regular season so I'll err on that side and saying ultimately it did good I'm okay with it because now instead of finishing in the top eight now you got to finish in the top six and if you don't like the plan or be stuck in the plan then go a little extra do what you got to do to finish in the top six versus just the top eight you're gonna have to sing for your supper now to get into the top eight uh Ethan you got the last word on what I just asked Kevin when you first heard about the plan tournament what'd you think of that and is your opinion still the same now or has it changed um, when it first started, I didn't like it because I was so used to the eight-team uh, conference playoff, 16-team. So I was very against it, but um, like we saw um, with the Heat, um, and were, they were playing, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so like we saw with the Heat. They did. Remember, they were losing to the Bulls. And right, they almost- right, right. So um, I just think it's good for the good for the league. Uh, adds more excitement. For the fans, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in for it. All right, coming up, NBA free agency. We're not done yet. Who were the winners and losers? Lots to unpack. This is NBA season right now, man. It feels like it because there is lots of news. But first, let's go back to our guy with the news, Kevin Figures with the latest. Kevin. So, NBA free agency has come and gone, and man, what a whirlwind. $2 billion in contracts, and uh, 
You got to give it up. Uh, the Lakers are going to have a deeper roster surrounding LeBron starting this November. And uh, I, I have to give them credit. I thought they did a very solid job this offseason. They had Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish. They grabbed them all in free agency. Moreover, they retained Austin Reeves, four years, 56 men. They retained Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell. And uh, look, um, you know, Gabe Vincent is quite a pickup because he started every game for the Heat in the playoffs during their run to the 22 finals. And he was a big time pick and roll player. I think he's going to be a steady player at the, you know, uh, in the backcourt more so than the Lakers had had it, you know, for long stretches of last season. And at the same time, you know, Russell was brought back on a pretty reasonable deal, and he can still provide value as a scorer. I certainly know that he fell into disfavor. But, you know, you've got, I think, a roster full of complementary players. Prince and Reddish, they're not perfect wings, but their lives in the NBA will never be easier than playing off LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know? Prince, uh, Prince is sort of this arch, arch, you know, arch, archetypical three and D that you put him around a superstar. And even though Cam Reddish hasn't really fulfilled his potential, he's worth taking a flyer on. Okay, so what did the Lakers do? They retained all the important pieces from their core, and this is a team that just made the West Finals, and they actually upgraded their roster without sacrificing any depth or uh, you know any uh, you know future cap flexibility. So I, I, do I think the Lakers are going to win the championship next year? No, but they're going to be competitive. And I don't even know if they get to the conference finals again. But for now, what they did, you have to give them a lot of credit. One of the losers of NBA free agency, how can it not be Joel Embiid? He, he did win the MVP. Can't seem to find a running mate. Ben Simmons has imploded. The former front office did want to pay Jimmy Butler. Now, James Harden wants out. They didn't sign an extension this past, well, during the summer. And here's a guy, he's in his prime. Joel Embiid's in his prime. Philly can't afford to keep wasting years of his career by not putting another star around him, even if Harden returns. I'm not sure how the Sixers will be any better. They are a team that lost his second round last, you know, during the playoffs and didn't look good doing it, right? But uh, Embiid is not getting a lot of help in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm not looking to take up a collection plate for him, but I would say this: facts is facts. Uh, Embiid, you know, he's he's Batman and he's a Robin, and it doesn't look like one's walking through that door. One of the winners, give it up to Heat culture. Okay, I, I you can make fun of that all you want, but it's a very real thing. If you look at how Miami does business, it's a very real thing. They had a run to the finals that no one saw coming, and that was even enough to convince Damian Lillard, who's pushing hard for a trade, to the Heat. And it remains to be seen whether Little would get his wish. But the Heat's brand, if you have a superstar openly saying that he wants to go play for you and your brand, that's a compliment. All right? Loser, I say this in air quotes. I say this in air quotes. But the champion Nuggets, and I think they've got an excellent chance to be right back in the finals again next year. Facts is facts. They lost two key pieces from their title team. Bruce Brown scored more points off the bench than anybody else in the playoffs. He was a key cog. Jeff Green was like seventh in minutes for guys coming off the bench during the playoffs. So they both had very critical roles 
for Denver. Now, Denver kept their big four and they kept their core. But this is the way it works. You win a championship, you contribute. Bruce Brown gets a nice raise, goes to Indiana. Jeff Green goes to the Rockets, both Brown and Green. They were solid all season for Denver. They contributed tremendously during the finals. But Denver's got some young players waiting in the wings. But, you know, that's that old French word, potential. You don't know what that stands for. Not good, but they can help the team long-term. But in, until you see them do that, uh, it would have been a nice – look, in a perfect world, had Denver kept Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, I think you get the band back together. That's a hell of a title defense right there. there they'd be an incredibly tough out. But, look, there's still going to be a tough out, but you can't say they're better than last year when you lose Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Meanwhile, I'm going to put the Dallas Mavericks in the winner category. Even if Kyrie Irving contract raises eyebrows, which it should, Dallas has done some solid work, Okay. The Grant Williams contract is a steal. And he's the exact type of defender and shooter who's going to thrive playing off of Kyrie and Luka. Someone's got to play defense on this team. Seth Curry's back for another year. The Mavs add some front uh, court depth through the draft. And, uh, you know, if they can steal Batiste, I believe, from Portland, they'll even get more of a defensive edge. I don't know if Dallas is a true contender. And if you hit your wagon to Kyrie Irving, that's a roll of the dice, man. That's a wild card of the highest order. But still, given the situation the team had created for itself by by acquiring Irving in the first place, well, the Mavs decided to double down on what they've done. I, I, I call them a winner in terms of the way they handled their business in the offseason. Losers, Raptors, you go from Fred Van Vliet to Dennis Schroeder. That's a significant downgrade, to say the least. Nothing against Schroeder. Van Vliet's a star. He's already got one championship under his belt. Meanwhile, uh, Pascal Siakam's on an expiring deal. Uh, and uh, Toronto will get trade offers for those players, but their value is going to be much lower than it would have been a year ago. And any of the Raps can get those guys long-term. How's the team going to lose both Van Vliet and approve a roster that missed the playoffs last year? Okay. Draymond Green's a winner, uh, and the Warriors are a winner. They re-signed Draymond Green, and they trade Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. And their brand-new GM, Mike Dunleavy, he's got a long way to go before he's Bob Myers, but I'll tell you what, he's out to a pretty good start. You applaud the commitment. He's good. The Warriors are still an all-win-now team. This is a strategy. As long as you got Steph Curry on the roster and Klay Thompson and you keep Draymond – you're alive now. I think, I think the Warriors will be improved over last year. There's no question that the distraction from one punch pool, Draymond, that 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 just set a tone for the season that it was fairly well obvious as as the season went on. You could see that the Warriors just weren't themselves. You could see that it was written all over Steve Kerr's face. It just it was a, the elephant in the room that never went away. That's gone now. How about the Milwaukee Bucks? I want to give them credit. I don't know if they're a winner or a loser. We're going to find out next year. So maybe give them a push because they brought back Chris Middleton. They brought back Brooke Lopez. That keeps Milwaukee's title window open for at least next season, right? They lose Joe Ingles and Javon Carter. But as long as you got Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, well, they might have to make some moves to bolster their playoff rotation. Do they bring back Jay Crowder? Do they add Malik Beasley? I don't know. But at least what Milwaukee did 
was maintain status quo so they could at least, on paper, look like they're going to compete again for next season. Coming up, uh, a league since a new attendance record. And with, you know, with, uh, with World Cup around the corner, you, you can't poo-poo the fact that this sport is, is increasingly popular, increasingly more accessible on TV. And the numbers don't lie, including right here at the MLS. I'll, I'll give you the details in a second. I want to remind everybody, tonight's show brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. See terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Shout out to my good friend Patrick, longtime friend here in Las Vegas, listening. Just text me. Hey, uh, look, when something of this nature happens, you can't ignore it. Uh, there has been an ongoing growth of pro soccer in the U.S., and it hit another major milestone because last week, 
uh, the LA Galaxy and uh, and and the reigning champ LAFC drew eighty two thousand people at the Rose Bowl on a Tuesday night, which set a single game league attendance record that easily surpassed Charlotte FC March of twenty twenty two. They drew seventy four thousand because that was their first ever game as a league expansion franchise. And that was widely described as a playoff-type atmosphere. The, okay, we are talking 82,000 fans for a Tuesday night soccer game at the Rose Bowl. We're not talking about the Rose Bowl game. We're not talking about the Super Bowl. We're not talking about an NFL game. We're talking about MLS. Now, the L.A. game, widely known as El Trafico, it's a nod to the famous Spanish El Clasico rivalry between Barcelona and Real Madrid, it actually was rescheduled from February because remember we talked about this. There was this really heavy rain and wind in Southern California, so they rescheduled the game for June, and it still drew eighty-two thousand people, eighty-two one ten, to be exact. So regardless of timing or anything of that nature, this attendance figure clearly it shows it represents another important step that the MLS in there becoming a larger and very important entity. Okay, this this also follows other recent achievements, such as Lionel Messi. He's making a move to enter Miami. Remember, Saudi Arabia offered him a three-year, $1.6 billion contract. No, he just, he said, I want to go to Miami. And that's a great, and by the way, he negotiated a groundbreaking deal with Apple and uh, look, uh, the, when you look at, at the expansion teams like San Diego, okay, franchises are increasing in value tremendously. And there's been an unprecedented fan reception for the new St. Louis FC club. It's called St. Louis City. So when you have 80,000 people in the energy in that type of stadium coming at you, it comes with a sense that maybe something bigger is really happening. This is not normal. Right, uh, Greg Vanny, the head coach and sporting director for Galaxy, they defeated LAFC two to one. You know, what, one of the NFL's most prominent teams, one of the most powerful teams in terms of notoriety, the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, they're getting the Netflix star treatment. All right, and they're boosting their ambitions in the process. What was what's happening here? Netflix is reportedly paying $50 million for the rights to produce a 10-part documentary series on Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones. 10 parts. I have to see it to believe it, but 10 parts. Now, Netflix outbid ESPN and Amazon to get this gig. And Netflix will gain another prominent piece of sports content because obviously, remember, they've drawn comparisons to The Last Dance, which still airs to this day and is still fairly popular. So the Jones Netflix project is slated to be a key effort by the National Football League and Skydance Media. They struck a deal last year, a content deal, and the documentary is going to focus heavily on the Cowboys and their three Super Bowl titles under Jerry Jones in the 90s and will feature interviews with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and Michael Irvin. Now, you know you're relevant when you haven't reached the title game since 1995, and you haven't won a playoff game, I think, since 1996. But the Cowboys are still the NFL's most valuable franchise. So where am I going with this? 
MLS is setting their new attendance record on a Tuesday night at the Rose Bowl between the LA Galaxy and LAFC. The El Trafico game. That is only going to stand to boost the value of the league, of the various entities, of the various teams, the expansion teams, and, and certainly the Los Angeles teams. I'm blown away by this because this is now, this is kind of an uncharted situation. And when you start getting that kind of attention in the world of sports and what is happening now with Saudi Arabia and the, and the Live Tour, the NBA getting their new contract, you're seeing a billion dollars of contracts being, two billion dollars of contracts being negotiated here in the NBA free agency period, which just ended. You got a new in-season tournament coming to Vegas. You got the A's moving to Vegas. I believe you'll see NBA expansion here within five years. I think you'll see Major League Baseball expansion here in the next few years. I think you'll see Nashville get a team. We are in unprecedented times. We are in unprecedented times. Especially when I believe Joey Chestnut has now become and a true American hero and deserves comparison with people who've dominated their craft. Coming up, I'm going to give Joey Chestnut his flowers. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. That's right, you heard the man. Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios here in Las Vegas. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Victor Wimbenyama called him the most dominant athlete of all time. Now, when is his sport a sport? Now, years ago, we used to joke, well... If you can pull a groin, if you can trash talk and you can bet on it, it's a sport. Is Joey Chestnut an athlete? Hmm. Well, I'm not saying he's not an athlete because he has to significantly train pretty vehemently for what he does. He does cardio. He lifts weights. He runs. He has specific training Mechanisms so his jaws can chomp on all those hot dogs. And what have the results been? He's now won eight in a row, 16 in the last 17, now has 16 mustard belts. And when you consider what Joey Chestnut has done in, in terms of dominating his chosen profession, right? Competitive eating is typically an individual sport, one person against the competition. And Joey Chestnut's now won 16 of them, 16 of the last 17, he is ruling in his sport in an era where he compares favorably to other champions and other individual sports activities, whatever you want to call it, right? Now, I'm not being facetious here. What if you were to compare Joey Chestnut to Rafi and Adal? In 18 years, from 2005 to 2022, he won 14 French Open titles. Joey Chestnut has won 16 in that time period. How about Kelly Slater? He had 11 World Surf League crowns over a 17-year period. Over a 17-year period, Joey Chestnut had 16 crowns. How about Martina Navratilova? From 1978 to 1990, she won nine Wimbledon singles titles, including six in a row. Joey Chestnut's won eight in a row, 16 to 17. How about Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods has won at least... 
one major championship in every year except two from from 1997 to 2008. That included the Tiger Slam from 2000 to 2001, where he actually held all four majors at one time. Then you got team sports. Bill Russell, he had nine championships in the NBA. Andre Richard, the Montreal Canadiens, had 11. Yogi Berra had 10 World Series. And, of course, Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls. But when you think of what Joey Chestnut has, has done to his body, okay, and by the way, the July 4th event, this is a spectacle of the highest order. If you don't enjoy this, fair enough. Maybe it's not for everybody. But I will tell you, it draws 30,000 people on the corner of Surf, uh, Surf and Stillwell Avenues, Coney Allen in Brooklyn. Millions watch on TV. They sell 3,000 hot dogs at the event. And I know it's kind of a gluttonous, sickening thing when you really think about it, right? It's, there are aspects of it that cause you to turn your stomach a little bit. But Joey Chestnut entered his first Nathan's contest in 2005 and looked like Kobayashi was unbeatable. He basically ended Kobayashi's career. He hasn't lost in the competition. He lost once in 2015. There's a trivia question for you. Matt Stoney is the guy who beat him. He is, in short, the foremost eater of hot dogs in history. He got a 16th mustard belt this last Tuesday. He was an overwhelming favorite. He had about $5,000 to win just $100. And they got these beautiful new big yellow belts, right? But Joey Chestnut does not only just win these contests in kind of like a Tiger Woods fashion, he dominates them in a way that turns your head, if we're being fair. The 10 highest totals in the event belong to Chestnut. Now, he ate 76 hot dogs in 2021. That's the world record. But Chestnut has eaten more than 70 dogs and buns six times. He doesn't just devour the dogs. He, by the way, Chestnut has a major league eating record in 54 categories, including chicken wings. He had 182 chicken wings in 30 minutes. He had 141 hard-boiled eggs in 8 minutes. He had 47 grilled cheeses in 10 minutes. He had 121 Twinkies in 6 minutes. 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes. You get the picture. I can go on and on. And I might add a few more later to kick out, kick out of it. But let's just stick with hot dogs. In the event, in this event since 2005, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, which we watch every July 4th, and George Shea, that announcer with the straw hat, he's become a household name for crying out loud. He draws attention. This event's real. Since 2005, Joey Chestnut has eaten 1,214 hot dogs and buns in that event. By the way, despite not participating in every event since 2005, Chestnut's total of 1,152 dogs is almost 700 more than any other eater. So it's not that he's just winning, he's lapping the field. By the way, the competition dogs from Nathan's are six and three quarters inches long. So the total the total length of hot dogs that Joey Chestnut has eaten in that period equates to 7,776 inches or 648 feet. By comparison, you want to line it up, 648 feet, the distance to dead center field at City Field and Yankee Stadium are 400 feet, 408 feet. The longest home run of 
Aaron Judge's career, 496 feet. The height of the Statue of Liberty, 305 feet. Joey Chestnut, 648 feet worth of hot dogs in his career in these contests. By the way, every Nathan's hot dog in the competition weighs 76 grams. That means in the competition, Joey Chestnut has eaten 143 pounds of hot dogs during his 16 performances on the 4th of July. Therefore, Joey Chestnut has eaten the weight equivalent to the average UFC featherweight fighter in hot dogs. By the way, um, hot dogs amount to 290 calories each, right? Joey Chestnut ate 62 hot dogs and buns this past Tuesday. That means in that one 10-minute stretch, Joey Chestnut consumed 18,270 calories in 10 minutes. That is crazy. The average human being eats 2,000 calories a day. 18,270 calories in 10 minutes. In his competing career, Joey Chestnut has eaten nearly 335,000 calories in hot dogs alone. By comparison, daily calories that Michael Phelps would eat in training, and you see his legendary when he was training for the 2008 Olympics, a swimmer. According to Olympics.com's, Olympics.com, about 10,000 a day, 10,000 calories a day. He'd eat large pizzas, all kind of stuff. He'd swim for hours, but he would intake about 10,000 calories a day. Joey Chestnut just took in 18,270 calories in 10 minutes, Tuesday. By the way, polar bears eat about 12,000 calories a day. This is, you can't make this stuff up. And Joey Chestnut has has had multiple entrants. Give some of these guys their due. Nick Weary, he's the husband of Mickey Sudo, who's also, you got to give her credit, she lives here in Las Vegas. She's the world record holder for hot dogs eaten among women. And uh, she, I think her world record is 48, 48 and a half, something like that. And by the way, she's no slouch either when it comes to competitive eating records. She had 16 pounds of, or 16 pints of vanilla ice cream in six minutes. That's her record. Uh, corn dogs, she ate 22 corn dogs in eight minutes back in 2022. You get the picture, okay? These people are freak shows when it comes to to eating. But I want to give some, some credit to some of Joey Chestnut's competitors because these guys are no slouch. Imagine if you ate 51 hot dogs and lost. That would be Jeffrey Esprit. He not only lost that year, he lost by 25. That's the year that Joey Chestnut ate 76. Nick Weary, uh, he's, the, again, the husband of Mickey Sudo, the women's champion. He ate 44 hot dogs. Imagine eating 44 hot dogs and finishing fourth. Or James Webb, 42 hot dogs and finishing 10th. I, I mean, I think one time I ate four hot dogs, and that wasn't part of a contest. I was just hungry. I can't imagine this. So th- th- this is really art, science. It is an athletic feat when you consider the physical toll it takes, the physical amount of training that you have to do. And this is a man who makes about 500 grand a year just because of his ability to eat. Joey Chestnut is, I don't know, maybe not from this planet. And he was a prohibitive favorite to win, and he won again. And it's just amazing that he not only continues to win, he continues to dominate 16 out of 17. And not only that, he continues to win by margin. So it's like 
if the New England Patriots won 15 out of 16 years and won every game by two or three touchdowns. That's what Joey Chestnut's doing. By the way, here's a few more fun Joey Chestnut facts, right? You like Taco Bell tacos? Joey Chestnut, 53 beef tacos in 10 minutes. You like ice cream sandwiches? Joey Chestnut. 26 in 6 minutes. Remember, he owns 54 eating records. You like Hostess Donuts, those little round donuts, the donuts? He had 257 in 6 minutes. Like pepperoni rolls, 43 of those in 10 minutes. Now, the all-time record for chicken wings, he had 413 of them in 12 hours. I don't know what the deal is there. I've never done anything straight for 12 hours. Nothing. Maybe sleep. Crystal Burgers, they're the southern version of White Castle. You ever been to Atlanta? Crystal, spelled with a K. He had 103, they're like White Castles, but 103 Crystal Burgers in eight minutes. You like pulled pork sandwiches in your favorite barbecue shop? 45 of those in 10 minutes. Is Joey Chestnut an athlete? Is this a sport? Well, you can trash talk. I guess you can pull a groin. And yes, you can bet on it. So yes, this is a sport. And I do believe Joey Chestnut is an athlete. Why? He has to train like one, and he has to compete against other professionals. And he, I, I, you know, he last year he had a pulled hamstring or he had some sort of Achilles injury or something. He showed up on crutches, and then the guy tries to jump him on stage, and he throws the guy down. The guy's an athlete, and he's, he competes like an athlete. So coming up, we'll get the crew's take. Do they like the contest in and of itself? I mean, typically people run hot and cold on this darn thing. There, there's no real in-between. And the truth of the matter is that I think a lot of people like it, but a lot of people don't. And then that, that, that brings the secondary question. And if you're Mad Dog Russo, he thinks it's the biggest waste of time of all time. If you're Victor Wembanyama, he's called Joey Athlete the most – or Joey Athlete. He's called Joey Chestnut the, the most dominant athlete of all time. You saw what I just did, compared his record to Rafael Nadal and Tiger Woods. So in his chosen profession and what he does – he is very much as dominant as Tiger Woods was in his prime. So there you have it. Coming up, we'll bring in the crew and get their thoughts, Ethan and Kevin. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Friday Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. 
I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And then go to Alaska for some King Crab. Get the King Crab record, whatever the hell that is. And he wants another Taco Bell eating championship, even though he did. He does have the one uh, Taco Bell record. You know, I think I said 53 tacos in 10 minutes, something along those lines. And Pat McAfee wants to help him do that with some sort of charity event. So, uh, look, Joey Chestnut is the Michael Jordan of his sport, if, if you don't want to call it a sport. But it's a spectacle. It's an event. It's a spectacle of the highest order. And it's, it's clearly a, a – people have it as appointment watching. Let's bring in the crew. First of all, Kevin, do you watch? Do you personally watch the hot dog eating contest? I do not. No, but obviously you're aware of it. Oh, I'm extremely aware. Absolutely. Thoughts? Um, I'm look. I certainly respect Joey Chestnut's. Uh, you know his uh, his streak. And look, you you brought this up last segment as well. The fact that he has multiple dozens of records and dozens of eating contests. I know a lot of people say it's like you're glorifying gluttony, but and, and I certainly will not put it on the same level necessarily of like a sports competition like the NBA, NFL, etc. Uh, but I will certainly give him his props because look, and there was a documentary on him some years ago. I forget exactly what entity had it. Talking about his regiment that he goes through on a yearly basis to basically train himself and train his digestive system oh, yeah. to put up with this. Like he, he's not a guy who just rolls out of bed. He's certainly not a heavy guy. He takes multiple physicals a year. He trains his body, and I'm doing trains in air quotes to a certain degree, uh, to prepare himself to be able to compete at this uh, at this level. So uh, while I view it differently than many other sports competitions, I certainly give him all the respect in the world for uh, doing what it takes and dedicating himself to his craft and becoming the top of the food chain for lack of a better term well, he really does legitimately train though he, he, he does cardio he does weights and i saw that same I, th- I think i thought it was a 30 for 30 or an e60 one of the two but right he uh he did all those facial exercises to make his jaw stronger they're like isos like you do knee isos yes in football and it did not look fun no. It, it, it looked like I mean, this is a guy who's built a four million dollar net worth based on eating. He says you got to love what you do, and he loves it. And his normal diet is nothing like this, right? He just mm-hmm. trains himself to be like a, a, a machine. It's like Jaws in the ocean, you know, feasting on uh, on the rest of uh, you know the mammals. Uh, all right, Ethan, your thoughts. First of all, let's talk about the event itself. Do you watch the? Uh, you know, the hot dog eating contest? Well, I definitely do. Um, Joey Chestnut has been a phenom for my entire life because he's won 16 times and I was about 10 years old. So as long as I can remember, he's been winning the eating hot dog eating contest and I've always watched. I think it's really entertaining. Um, I think that uh, it gives uh, sports fans um, something entertaining to watch um, that's not the normal NFL or NBA. Um, and people like watching people throw down hot dogs. It, it's <laughs> it's like 
Because if you watch, like, it's the same thing as, like, watching LeBron drive down the lane and dunk. You know, people love watching that. Well, people love watching someone throw down those dogs because it's, uh, it's you know, it's a freak of nature. Like, you don't see it. So It is a freak of nature. And by the way, the event itself at Coney Island draws 30,000 fans, and they actually sell 3,000 hot dogs during the day of the event on site. Now, I got to admit, I love hot dogs. I eat them, okay? And uh, the long and the short of it is, though, watching that, I don't want to eat a hot dog for a while after watching that, so I don't know how you go to that event and eat a, eat a hot dog when you're watching, because they're not really eating, right? And the whole thing with the bun in the water kind of makes my teeth itch. I'm like, come on, man, this is... Uh, this is this is crazy, right? So, all right. So we talked about the event. You, you guys are both aware of the event. Uh, maybe I got a little uh, bit carried away with my poetic license there, uh, Kevin. But comparing Joey Chestnut to Tiger Woods and Rafael Nadal and Martina Navratilo, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. because they dominated, you know, over a, the decade, over a decade and a half, there was such dominance over and out that. The results are the same in terms of their record. That's mm-hmm. undeniable. However, maybe you are assessing that the degree of difficulty is not the same for Joey Chestnut. Is that kind of what I'm feeling? Uh, yeah, to a certain degree. And look, I don't want to begrudge. And we talked about you know the fact that he keeps himself in relatively good shape throughout the year whenever he can and trains himself. I mean, I guess you know him doing his facial exercises. You could, if you wanted to, compare to you know Tiger Woods lifting weights. You know, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily equate. And I think under the auspices of you know what's healthy living and what's not, what an athlete does, and whether Joey Chestnut is a competitor versus an athlete, there's certainly a set level of a, of a regiment of a level of discipline that he has to have in his field to be as dominant as he has been it's just viewed differently because essentially and like i think unfairly for him he's just seen as a guy you sit there and you eat all day and you shove an unhealthy amount of food down your throat for an undetermined or a predetermined amount of time that just doesn't seem healthy people have a hard time of being able to you know reconcile and compare that to an actually highly trained athlete you know who who was in the gym multiple times a day uh, hours at a time and so i think that's really difficult for people to reconcile but if on different ends of the spectrum uh, why is how he's not training necessarily any uh, less, you know, than someone like Tiger Woods or Rafael Nadal is just different, and it's not in a way that's glorified the way that uh, sports generally is. Fair enough, and I, I think the thing that blows me away is not only does he continue to win sixteen to seventeen, eight in a row, but he's doing it by margin. He in in his in his sixteen wins, he's done it by a cumulative seven hundred hot dogs. I mean, so it's not – he's winning every game by three touchdowns. He's winning every baseball game by eight runs. He's winning every basketball game by 20. He's blowing everybody out, you know, and these are other human beings too. So, uh, Ethan, you got the last word on this. Yeah, I think um, calling him one of the greatest athletes of all time is taking it a little far. <laughs> I would say um, – I would have to say one of the greatest eaters of all time Um yeah, it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Um, but it is fun to watch him eat. Fifty four world records, man, and he wants three new ones now. So he's here to stay, and he will be a talking point for I think some time uh, time to come uh, because he attracts attention from a lot of major media outlets. 
All right. Lots of attention in the world of soccer. Chris Perfett will have that for us coming up. But first, let's go back to our guy Kevin Figures with the latest. All right. Well, the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas kicked off on Friday. Spurs rookie Victor Wimbanyama scored just nine points and shot 15% from the field in his debut. Second overall pick Brandon Miller struggled in that game as well for the Hornets. He scored 15 points on just five of 15 shooting in what was ultimately a nine-point victory for San Antonio. In Major League Baseball, the Mets have won six consecutive games. They beat San Diego 7-5 in extras on Friday night. Padres saw their three-game winning streak snapped. Two home runs for Mookie Betts. He was robbed of another home run early in the game as well, but the Dodgers did dominate the Angels 11-4. Arizona snapping a four-game losing streak with a victory over Pittsburgh. Luis Castillo pitching seven shutout innings in a 10-1 Seattle victory over Houston. Alec Manoa struck out eight batters and snapped an 11-start winless streak in a 12-2 Blue Jays victory over Detroit. In the UFC, it was announced on Friday, heavyweight champion John Jones will defend his title against Stipe Miocic on November 11th at Madison Square Garden. Back to Bernie Fratto. A couple of old-timers in there, a couple of Renaissance men. All right, good stuff, Kevin. So, we've got, in the world of soccer, one superstar who wants out, one superstar on his way to Miami, and, oh, by the way, the Gold Cup quarterfinals continue this weekend, and the USA is very much alive. That's why at this time every week we bring you Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. The thrilling finishes. The international drama. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. Chris Perfett. How's it going, Bernie? Good. They forgot to turn on your mic. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right here. So, let's start with Mbappe. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, let's start with Mbappe. Uh, One of the stars, he had an epic performance in the World Cup final, losing to Messi. And he doesn't want to extend his contract with Paris Saint-Germain. What's up with that? We've talked about Paris Saint-Germain before. This is kind of, this was the super team really put together with Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi, and Brazil's Neymar. Obviously, Neymar Neymar is kind of getting up there in age, and injuries kind of kept him out of the spotlight. Lionel Messi, of course, we'll talk about him later on, but he's headed to stateside to enter Miami. Now, Kylian Mbappe has told the club that he does not want his contract extended currently through, I believe, uh, 2024 is when it would run out or... uh, somewhere uh, actually I think it's the summer of 2025 if I'm not mistaken either way it was a few weeks ago he told the club that they wouldn't he didn't want to uh, you know extend his contract he has his eyes elsewhere at this point he's not happy with the club but the club has now fired back and apparently that uh, they have now set a deadline of July 31st from Bappe to commit until at least the summer of 2025. Um, I PSG, saw that. What, what, what do you expect? So we got a standoff here. What do you expect is going to happen? Because otherwise, he could have played this year and next year, I believe. Oh, go yeah. ahead. 
So I, 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 I expect him to stick to his guns. I, the, the club, the club's not going to let him go on a free transfer, and I think that is why there's a lot of the saber rattle, rattling right now. And a free transfer in soccer would mean that he basically becomes a free agent. He walks out there. They don't want that. They want something for him, and they know that he wants to go play for Real Madrid. And they, they, PSG, I think at this point realizes that this this party's over. The best they can do is try to get a king's ransom for him. So they're really just hoping he'll at least play ball at least a little bit. If he's going to really shut the door on this, then they've got to at least show that they're strong. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see basically what's going to amount to a king's ransom. and Or they'll, 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 they'll spite him, throw him somewhere else, and then he'll move to Real Madrid. Either way, I think he's going to Real Madrid here in within the next year. So all the stars on the move, not the least of which the aforementioned Lionel Messi, uh, he's on his way to the States, Chris. Yes, he is. So he's actually going to debut um, here. Not quite, actually. I don't think his first match is going to be in a strictly MLS league match. It's going to be in what's called the League's, uh, the, the league's Cup, which is at, between MLS and uh, the Mexican Liga MX. Uh, it's kind of it's supposed to be held every summer since both cl- uh, both leagues play. There's been some conflicts in the last few years. There's only really been two played, but he'll be uh, debuting as Inter Miami takes on Cruz Azul. I think what's fascinating is kind of how Inter Miami's kind of set up their club to be uh, friendly to Lionel Messi. They hired Tata Martino as their manager, who uh, you know in the past managed Messi for the Argentina national team. They have brought in uh, a former uh, Sergio Busquets, who is a former uh, legend. Also from Barcelona, his old club. And they're also apparently, according to the Athletic, targeting Jordi Alba, another athletic, def- uh, another man from Barcelona, Spanish defender. So obviously they're trying to get the band back together here. It is going to butt into the into the, ML- the club's designated player spots. This is something unique to MLS. They have, you have three, each club has three spots called a DP. And the designated player basically does not count against the salary cap. And this is kind of how they're able to do have Lionel Messi. Busquets is also going to count, is also going to be set as designated player. But they have three players right now on the designated player role, so someone's going to get cut at some point. But, you know, it's it's uh, welcome reinforcements if you're into Miami because right now in the East, they are sitting dead last at 15th in the Eastern Conference. 1-7 to seven in MLS makes the playoffs. They have 17 points after about 20 matches. And uh, when Lionel Messi gets back through the league's cup, you'll have about 12 games. And maybe we'll see if Inter-Miami can work some magic into the playoffs this year. I don't know if they will. It's a bit of a hole. And I don't know if this is just kind of, you know, a Gareth Bale situation where you just plug him in and just go straight to the playoffs. But, you know, he's Lionel Messi. He's the greatest in the world. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement, and he finally got the crown jewel with capturing the World Cup uh, last year. It's my understanding he's making his debut July 21st, but I have to double check that. Yes, that's that. Uh, July 21st, and it'll be against the Mexican side Cruz Azul. So that that should be very fun. I don't usually pay attention to the League's Cup. I'm sure it will get a very good rating, though. 
All right, finally, uh, I made the mistake of asking last week if you expected USA to defeat Trinidad, and you said if they lose to Trinidad, we're in big trouble. What was it, (laughs) 6 nothing final, Chris? Is that something like that? Yeah, they housed them, and they housed St. Kitts and Nevitz. They've gone through and done exactly what I expected them to see them do at this Gold Cup. Probably even better, considering this is a seaside squad. I can't say the same about Mexico, though, who lost to, like, Mexico's through to the knockout stages. Don't get it twisted, but they lost to Qatar. Qatar, who is playing in the CONCACAF Gold Gold Cup, like beat Mexico. Well, didn't Qatar also upset Argentina before Argentina went on to win the cup? I I, I do not. I believe. Mm, God, my memory of the World Cup is all. Well, here's where I want to focus more on the yeah. USA quickly, yeah, yeah. Uh, because they play Canada uh, this weekend. And tell me if I'm wrong. As, as I observe this team, we have more team speed than I've ever seen. No, I, I think I think what you're seeing here with the United States side again, because this is about like the second or third tier for a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are playing hungry. They they want to show the U.S. men's national team like, hey, we matter too. Just because we're playing in MLS, just because we're not playing over in Europe, we're very good too. And I think these guys who are out there are playing with some hunger. They got punched in the face this first, you know, in the first round by by Jamaica, but they've just been beating up everyone ever since. Canada is not a very strong side. They've got a really good star in Davies, but like they, they've shown in this conference, they, I mean, in this tournament so far, they've been fairly weak. They they lost, they drew it with Guatemala. They they lost, they uh, beat Cuba by two goals, but I expect the USA to handle them. Maybe not a six-goal housing like uh, St. Kitts, like Trinidad and Tobago, but something similar. Uh, could the U.S. win the Gold Cup? Do you expect him to? I believe so. I, I, so. I don't think there's a lot of there's there's no other with with as weak as Mexico's look. I don't think there's any other competition. I, I honestly, I'm I'm going to give Mexico's playing Costa Rica. I give them a pretty good chance to beat Mexico. So like, if Mexico's yeah. out of the oh, picture, yeah. I don't think there's anyone who can you know hold the field against the United States. So we're up against it time wise, but in the past. You have introduced us to names like Erling Holland and Jose Mourinho. You've got another one. Let's save that for Saturday night in Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. Yes, yes. I, I've, I've, I'll just give them a name right now as a bit of a tease, but we will come back tomorrow night with Rasmus Hoyland, who might be United's answer to Erling Holland. Wow, that's saying something because, man, uh, Erling Holland falls out of bed and scores goals. All right, good stuff, Chris. We'll see you in 24 hours. That is Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. Never a shortage of news surrounding Mbappe Mbappe, and, of course, uh, Lionel Messi. And the Gold Cup continues with the United States. And, by the way, we're less than 30 days away now from the Women's World Cup in Paris, where the U.S. is a favorite. Coming up, the much-anticipated debut of one Victor Wembenyama here in Las Vegas took place Friday night and give you our quick thoughts as we wrap up the show. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Uh, wrapping it up on the Bernie Fratter Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Before going any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. They've been with me since 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. Pacific on Friday night. Kevin Figures on the updates. Mark Ramsey, our technical producer, and of course, Ethan Miller. Turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. I'll be back on these airwaves again Saturday night, 11 p.m. Pacific. Friday night, you know, perhaps Britney Spears proved a point, a point I've been saying for years, and that is that one of the reasons to go to the NBA Summer League here in Las Vegas is because it's like going to Madame Tussauds for all things NBA. Past, present, future. You show up, you keep your head on a swivel, and you will see Spencer Haywood and Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You'll see Steve Kerr. You'll see coaches, announcers, and then, of course, you'll see the future. And the future, at least Friday night, was Victor Wimbanyama. Mm. So, sellout crowd. Tickets on the aftermarket going for $106. Courtside seats going for twelve hundred. There must have been a show in town, right? Well, how did Wimby do? Well, here's what I thought. He's got great handles. Uh, he's certainly got a hell of a wingspan. Looks like a seven forty-seven. Very good vision. He's a good passer. Showed me good instincts. Showed me maturity. But he did get knocked off balance in traffic more than once. He's got to get stronger. In terms of NBA Summer League debuts, was not great. Not great. Zion had an incredibly great debut back in 2019. 
Devin Booker looked like a boy, men against boys. So did Damian Lillard. So did Andrew Wiggins. Not so much. But the thing is, the summer league's a fickle beast. You're drafted, and less than a month later, they shuffle you off to Vegas. They put you on a patchwork team, and you're supposed to dominate. And you only got seven games to do it. And frankly, my moles are telling me that Wembenyama will play Sunday, and that's it. He's going to have two games. So reactions are instantaneous. Getting creamed on Twitter, comparing him to Sean Bradley and Chuck Nevitt, and you name it, right? Man, Manute Bowl. Give the guy a chance. He's played one game, all right? By the way, you know, I remember when Lonzo Ball broke in in 2017 with the Lakers. He was crushed. He shot 2 of 15 in his summer league debut. But he's, except for injuries, Lonzo Ball has actually gone on to have a serviceable NBA career. But this Madame Tussauds thing is real. Even before the game, the game prior when we took a little long and he was in the tunnel and he was peeking out while the other game was going on and people were cheering and he was peeking out and he had players around him and uh, he was so tall. He was too tall for the entrance, actually. He stood out, right? He comes on for warm-ups. He does a layup line. His height, his presence... Every eye, all 17,500 were on Victor Wimbanyama, which is a lot to ask for, for a 19-year-old man. His game, they tip off, it was bumpy. But there was something graceful about it, but bumpy, if that makes any sense. He blocked some shots. He pulled down some rebounds. Misses his first three attempts, then on shot number four, makes a nice little turnaround, switches to a left hand, kiss off the glass, draws a foul, and one, it was really sort of a sigh of relief for the crowd. Part excitement, part sigh of relief, because they came to see him. Make no mistake. Then he proceeded to miss, missed a few more shots, missed again, two of 13 from the floor, one of six from behind the yard. He hit the floor hard one time. The arena collectively held its breath. Then he bounces up, and perhaps that is symbolic and metaphorical for what Victor Wimbanyama's career might be. He had, you know, a very insignificant night, a very highly scrutinized night in what is nothing more than an exhibition game. Finished with nine points, eight rebounds, three assists, five blocks, played 26 minutes. By the way, this is just the beginning. I I don't really know how good Victor Wimbanyama is going to be in this league. I don't. I've I've talked about it before. Uh, when you're seven five or seven three and a half, whatever he measured, is a human body really made to go up and down the floor? Ninety four feet, eighty two nights a year. You know, it doesn't, doesn't play eighty two nights a year. Just work with me. Up down, taking contact, running your lanes. Two minutes. And uh, every eye was on him, and it, it kind of reminded me. I, I talk about this in my book. In 1994, my first credential was the night of the OJ chase. For for a full year, every time after that, I walked into a press box, whether it was an NFL game, an NBA game, a college football game, a Red Wings game, or certainly Major League Baseball, there were always luminaries. And I look around, and I'm not starstruck, but I'm in awe of the accomplishments of the people that are in your wreath in the rear. And I'll never forget, I got a kick out of this, because... When Michigan lost to Colorado in 1994, when 
Cordell Stewart threw that 70-yard pass with time running out, and Michael Westbrook, the receiver, caught it in the end zone to beat Michigan, and the crowd went silent. Of course, coincidentally, ironically, Westbrook was had gone to high school in Detroit. Well, I show up in the press box that day, first time I ever had credential for Michigan football. Who do I see on the call that day? Keith Jackson. Well, let me tell you. And I'll never forget, I, I was so stupid and immature and I remember walking up to him because I was a big fan I said you know Mr. Jackson I gotta tell you it's a pleasure to meet you I love the way you talk he looks at me with a straight face and says we may talk funny but we don't think funny and I'm thinking to myself why did I just do that because I knew I was seeing somebody special somebody different somebody who could make history and there's a parallel I think we saw that tonight Friday night in Las Vegas not knowing where this is gonna go the world is his oyster. He's got his whole life ahead of him. But there's no guarantees. But for one night, I will tell you, Victor Wimbenyama, he was that starstruck part of Madame Tussauds yeah. that has made the NBA Summer League so great. It'll do it for the Bernie Frato Show. Keep it locked. Up next, Chris Plank in for Anthony Gargano. Keep it locked. Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 